Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, beginning at the beginning of, of that chapter. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that had gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still others' seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60 or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I think verse 9 is going to be my little text verse today. Then Jesus said, let him who has, let, he who has ears, let him hear. My friend told me this story many years ago. I'm sure he's with the Lord and I haven't had contact with him for very many years. He said sometimes when he was a child, he would stand one side of the dining room table, his mother would stand the other one at about 50 decibels, tell him what time he's got to be home, and then say, do you hear me? He said, I couldn't help but hear I was only two feet away and she was booming at me. But that's not what she meant. What she meant, if, if you're taking it in, will he be back at half past five like I've told you? You see? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Whoever's got ears, let him hear. And God wants us to take in the important things. Last week, as some of you know, we celebrated 20 years of marriage. I mean, I used to have hair before that. <coughs> and it wasn't all grey. Uh, but anyway, we, we celebrated 20 years of marriage this uh, the past week, and we went to, uh, what's it called now? Not Jumper, Jersey, that was it, yeah. We went, we went to Jersey <laughs> for a few days, and we decided, because you can't fly from Manston this time of year, to drive down to Portland and get the boat across from there. Well, the boat turns out to be a catamaran, which is all very good, you know, it's just like a boat, except they're not quite so stable, and uh, uh, before we pulled out, the, the captain made the announcement that uh, there's a bit of a southwesterly wind blowing today, and you, you might be some turbulence. Do be careful when you walk around the ship, you see. Well, it moved off, and that sounded fine, you know. It, it, or we had all, you know, the, the announcements about how to put a life jacket on, and then we moved off, and it didn't seem to be moving around at all much. After a few minutes, we realised that was because we were in the harbour, you see. And we got out of the harbour, and as soon as you're out of the harbour, your side goes up. And then the other side goes up. And you try to go with it, and your stomach stays where it is, you know. And uh, after about two ups, about five rows ahead of us, there was a dinner on the table. It used to be on the table. Tray and everything, threw them on the floor, you know. And uh, the uh, the crew, they weren't so so busy serving at the bar, because nobody seemed to want to drink anything. Uh, They weren't so busy serving food, because nobody seemed to want to eat. Uh, so they were rushing round. They were busy, you know, with uh, rolls of kitchen towel and those sort of long white bags. They weren't distributing food. I think they were collecting it. <laughs> and uh, 
And, and then the announcement came, you know, if there's a doctor on board, could they make themselves known? Then a bit later announcement said there'll be a helicopter coming soon. It's going to hover, hover overhead uh, because somebody is, uh, needs hospital treatment urgently. And uh, so it did, and the boat stopped. And uh, they were ho- uh, winched up on a stretcher. Uh, they had had a fall, fell over on the stairs, I think, and broken their leg very badly. You'd be in at home there, Steve. Um, and uh, they were being winched away to be... T- we were at an hour out, so there's about 40 miles out. They were being taken back to the mainland... Uh, for this lady to understand that the husband had to stay on the ship. Uh, of course, the wife had gone off, they couldn't take both. There we are. And at that point, I thought, now what did you say about putting the life jacket on? <laughs> had I really taken it in? And I think I had. I, you'll be pleased to know I didn't actually have to do that, but, you know. Did I know which exit I had to go to? Had I really listened? Had I really listened? Had I taken in what's important? Now, you've got pencils and paper. You can make notes about what I say, but there's a little task I've got for you. In a minute, not just yet, we're going to put nine tasks for you to do. It's like a little test. It's, not, it's really not hard. On the screen... And what I want you to do, I want you to start with number one and then work through them, okay? Start with number one and then work through them. I worked out, you should be able to win it in a minute and a half. It's very easy. Uh, and uh, so we'll give you three minutes, okay? So I'd like to pop it on the screen now, if that's convenient. All right, okay. There you go. I'll have a glass of water while you're doing that. You can work in twos, help one another. But no shouting out, please. That's it. Finished? Yeah. It's easy, isn't it? You know. <laughs> you've, you've had about half your time, you should have finished by now, you know. But we give a little bit longer. Yeah, you got the point, yeah. 
أعطاني إيه بقول إعجاء والله أولا Okay, just finish where you are. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going to see your results. It's fine. Now, number one says, read all the tasks below before answering any of them. Now, for those that did that, before you wrote down, you would have read them all. And number nine says, do not answer questions four, five, six, seven, or eight. So all you had to do was read it and write on that piece of paper whatever your name was and the word Sunday. That was it. But I suspect some of you have been trying to do 17 into 289 and remember how many years we've been married, work out what's wrong with the spelling of ostentatiously and there isn't anything wrong with it, it's the correct spelling. (laughs) You see, the problem is we think we know what we've got to do. So when we see something like number one, read all the tasks below before answering any of them, we ignore that and we just move on, don't we? Isn't that right? You see, the, what Jesus is saying is if you've got ears to hear, do some hearing. Do some listening carefully. You know, you get on a, sh- on a ship or a catamaran and you, and you don't bother to listen to the safety notices. One day you might need it. I haven't yet. I'm, I'm very glad. I, I, you know, I didn't. Very glad about that. Thank you. And pop that off now, off the screen, and we'll finish with that. Jesus said there was a farmer went out to sow. And uh, we're going to read a bit more of that, that story uh, because he gives some explanation. And Mark chapter 4 again, and I'm going to start reading at verse 14. Verse 14 of Mark chapter The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes the word, takes away the word that was sown in them. That's the first thought. He said, explains it. Others like seed sown in rocky places hear the word but, and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times. What was sown? And I just want to go through uh, those um, four types of soil. And as we go through, I want you to ask yourself this question. What sort of soil am I? 
Now, when I was a, a much younger Christian, I used to think this was all about and only about becoming a Christian. And I've realized since it's more than that. It's about God speaking to us every day of our lives. Well, it does involve becoming a Christian. But it just doesn't finish after that. It goes on. And uh, so you need to be listening to God every day. Now, the first group, it's uh, what was sown by, uh, by the, on the path. I've got some old pictures here I'd like to show you. Sometimes I use the older words as well. And it says here, it was a seed sown by the wayside. By the track up the side of the path, up the side of the field, near the fence where it was just trampled down for walking on. It was the footpath, the wayside. And uh, it never, never entered the soil. Nothing happened. It just, it just sunk in. Uh, it just rested on the top and the birds came and ate it and it went. That was it. End of story. And there are some people like that. You know, sometimes we don't hear from God because we don't put ourselves in the place for hearing from God. I mean that literally and physically. Hope you're all going to be here next Sunday. It's family zone. Don't give up on us because it is. Be here. Because there's some things that you'll be helped by learning. There'll be people that you can speak to about Jesus who don't know them. We've got the, we hope we've got the gang coming from Greenhill. We, we just pray that everything works out right. We've had a week off for half term and we've been away. It's difficult to organise it, but just pray that it'll all turn up and some of the mums and dads will come as well. You see, there's folks to speak to, but there's things that you'll be able to learn next Sunday as well. Because don't ever think you've, you've, uh, you've learned it all, because none of us have. No, to that, there's a, there's a free dinner afterwards. It is next week, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's a free. So, I mean, you better come for that anyway. Uh, I saw a cartoon years ago. I wish I'd kept it. There was a mother and a little son, young lad. And she was speaking in this. It was written on the newspaper. You see, instead of having a bubble with the words, the words come out of her mouth as a one long stream of words and went round the room. <laughs> got to the boy's ear and continued the sentence the other side of the ear and went out the window. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? You see? And, and that is seed sown by the wayside. We've got a, a boy at school called George. Nice lad. He doesn't live around here, so, so he's not one of mine from club or anything. So I can give you his name. George, you see. And George is a lovely boy. Do what you ask him once he's got it. And he will... Uh, uh, you know, behaves himself well. But he just doesn't listen to what's being told. Yeah, I was in a class recently and the teacher said, now, first thing I'm going to tell you, it was the end of the lesson, I don't want anybody to move until I've finished giving these instructions. A bit like that one on the board. And uh, she said, now I want you to pack your bags, I want you to put your books there, I want the... the uh, Glue, to, glue sticks over there, and I want the pens, that, you know, the, sorry, the, um, the scissors over there. She got about halfway through, and he was up, packing his bag. He'd forgotten the first bit. I don't want anybody to move until I finish giving these instructions. He was the only one. So I called his eye, and I simply went, 
like that, and George sat down again, you see. He hadn't learned to listen, so it never sunk in. And then Jesus said, it wasn't all like that, because some of it, it fell on stony places, where where the, uh, the ground, the soil was shallow. And when it was all right for a while, it came out very well. It wasn't concentrating on putting down roots, it was concentrating on putting up sprouts, upwards. And it came up, and it went well for a bit, but when the sun came out, when persecution came, it withered, it had no root. It didn't go anywhere. And that was the end of it. There was a boy over in Greenhill called Luke, he'd been in his 20s now, and he came to Thursday Club quite regularly, and his mum paid for him to go to camp, and he came to camp, and uh, when he came to camp, he told us that he'd received Jesus as his saviour, and that was lovely, we were so happy. When we got back, we never saw him again. And I believe he was like a place where the ground was shallow. It never really sunk in. What if you're like that? You know, it... It's all good for a minute, but when Monday comes and temptations come and people say, what did you do yesterday? You say, oh, nothing much. When there was an opportunity to say, I went to church and I worshipped God, you miss out. Because nothing ever really goes down. Is that you? Think about that. Think to yourself, is that me? Is that me? You like that boy Luke, and it all goes right for a while, and then something happens. It just goes out the window. And then, and then uh, Jesus said, "Other seed it fell at places where, where there were thorns, and when the thorns came up, the word was choked. The seed was choked, and in the parable, the word was choked." And he went on to explain this in verse 18. He said, Others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. There was a lovely story told by a friend of mine called Lionel Clarger. Probably none of you would know him, maybe one or two would. He works in Surrey. He's an evangelist and he's done a lot of work in schools among children. He's sort of retired now. That doesn't mean anything when you're an evangelist. But he's sort of retired. He's slowed down a bit. And uh, he, he went into a, a primary school one day to do an assembly. The headmaster that was normally there was, was absent for some reason and his deputy was taking, was leading things. And the deputy said, I'm not teaching straight after, after, after assembly. Would you come and have a coffee with me? So he did, and I sat down, and this is what the head teacher said, in, or the deputy head in that school said. He said, when I was a lad not much older than these children here, went to a little mission hall, that had a series of meetings every night for a couple of weeks. He said, and I heard the things that you were speaking this morning. He said, and uh, I, I decided I wanted to follow Jesus. And I prayed the prayer they suggested we prayed. He said, but as the years went on and I went to grammar school and got 
had to work hard and got me exams. He said it all sort of slipped away. He said, and then I had to go to university and things were difficult there and then I got a job teaching and I was doing so much work in preparation and then I've got a job as a deputy head and so on. He said, it all just sort of slipped by. He said, but I've heard today what you've said. And I think I'd like to get back to what I decided when I was a lad. Isn't that a lovely story? True story. Lovely, lovely. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know. Lionel was a good man. I'm sure he would have encouraged him to, uh, to go on with the Lord. Other things came, come up and choke the word. That man, when he was a boy, yes, he said, I'll follow. But as time went on, other things came in. And they sort of choked it out. Is that you? Do you allow other things to choke out? Some examples he gives here. The worries of this life. There's enough of those around, aren't there? The deceitfulness of wealth. There's a little cartoon in, in, the, uh, in the newspaper this week. It showed two houses, one big and one enormous. And the big one says, I won the lottery. And the enormous one says, I got a banker's bonus, you know. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the deceitfulness of wealth. Because there was a story told about, I don't know if it's true or not, of a of a rich man who died and the newspapers went up to the vicar afterwards and said, have you got any idea how much he left? And the vicar said, I know exactly how much he left. He said, how much was it? He said, he left it all. (laughs) The deceitfulness of wealth. You're going to leave it all behind. Get used to it. Another hundred years, you won't have any of it. So don't worry, you're not keeping it. The deceitfulness of wealth. And the desires for other things come in and choke the word. Don't let those things choke what God is saying to you because that will last beyond death and the other side of the grave forever. But it will affect today as well. Are you listening? Are you listening? Do you have ears to hear what God is saying? Mind you, you have to be careful about listening to everybody. You can't necessarily, particularly on diets, you know, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, what's good for you, what isn't. Because, I mean, you, you learn it one way and it's changed by the next week. Don't worry about too many things, but remember what God says is right. What God says is right. Stick with that and ask him to speak to you. And then, said Jesus, the last lot. It's seed sown on good soil, where they hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. And uh, Luke goes on to say, and they persevere and produce a crop. It was on good ground. It came up. It was beautiful. And it was useful. It provided food for people. 
it provided more seed to be sown and another field to bear blessing further on. You see, it was taken in. It was allowed to grow. It was good soil, well dug, and so on. The stones had been moved out. The thorns had been moved out. People had realised what is acceptable, what is not. What is worthwhile, what is not, I mean to say. You see, the Bible tells us that we're saved by faith and not by doing things. By trusting and not by being good. And yet if you go outside and talk to people, they will believe the little old saying, which does not come from the Bible, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good children go to heaven. It's not true. Because nobody's that good. It's children, adults and whoever that's believing Jesus and trusting. They're the one that's going to make it to heaven. Now maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe you've heard it and you thought it was like number one on the screen. You could just ignore it and go on to number two, three, four, five, six, seven and eight and nine, you see. Do you listen to what God says? Do you take it in? It's so important. You know, some of us don't take it in because we, we get home and we put our, our Bible on the shelf and it remains there until we pick it up for next Sunday. You see, if you don't read your book, how can you know what God's saying? You say, well, I don't have to read it. It's, a friend of mine who gave me this picture said it's very simple. Like any other book, you open, you open the page and look at the words. That's how you read it. He said, and people, when they used to say to him, where do I start? It says, start Genesis at the beginning. God put it there to be started with. Another place you might like to look at is in Mark's Gospel. It's fairly brief. There's not too many long words in Mark's Gospel. He's getting on with it. And there's no list of names to try and pronounce. So you'll find that a great blessing. To be a beautiful field for God. There's a little girl at school called Chloe, and she looks quite young for age, lovely smile. And, uh, but it's not the smile that endears you to after a little while, it's her ways. She goes to a church somewhere, I'm not quite sure which one it is, and she, she's just radiating Jesus. I was in the class and the teacher hadn't turned up, so I had to run this thing, which I don't normally have to. There were a couple of lively lads, aged about 12 at the back. So I sorted them out and, uh, with a word, you know, I didn't go and click the ear, not a lad, it's no fun in it these days. <laughs> uh, with a word. But, but this other little girl thought I was perhaps, you know, I was being too fierce. So she started crying, little Chloe put her hand up and said, Sir, would you like me to go and sit next to her? Isn't that lovely, you know? Would you like me to go and sit? So I said, that would be wonderful, Chloe, you go and do that. And quite often she comes down to the area where we work, we have a girl born without eyes. Born, no eyes, never had any vision at all, ever. Hard of hearing, one leg slightly longer than the other, a little bit difficult in walking, walking, lovely child. And Chloe will often come down in her lunch times and sit and just chat to her. As friend to friend, they're about the same age. Isn't that lovely? You know, there's somebody... 
who's let God's message sink in and producing a beautiful life. You see that? You can understand that, can't you? But I wonder, are you listening? Not to me particularly, but to what God is saying. Because he wants to speak to us. And he's got things to say. He wants our lives to be changed and made beautiful for him. He doesn't want to be like those old thorns or that stony ground or that path. He just wants us to be fruitful for him. So at the end of our days we can say, well Lord, I'm coming home now and we've had a good time, haven't we? You know, we've had a good time. Thank you for all the things you've said and the way you've helped me to hear them. Well, I should be around soon, or for a short time. Not too long, I need to get home and have another sleep. (laughs) We got home at five o'clock yesterday morning. Having left Jersey at seven o'clock the previous evening. (laughs) And uh, now I might have a little dose this afternoon, but I should be around. Once I get the coffee inside me, I should be all right. I should be up next next half an hour to drive home. So if you want to chat about any any of these things, you want me to pray for you, that would be lovely. That would be lovely. It would be my pleasure. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you for your book, the Bible. We thank you that we've got it in English so we can understand it. We don't have to translate it from the Latin every Sunday, Lord. Thank you we, we can have a copy at home and... We can just read it whenever we want to. Pray, pray, Lord, you will help us to read it and to hear from you. Pray we'll hear what you're saying to us individually, as couples, as families, as a church, that we might be listening carefully to your word and taking it in. Father, help us not to be hard of hearing, but to hear your word, we pray, for your glory. Amen.